Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on episode 37, season three of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the World Cup. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, the semifinals are near um, after two one-sided uh, quarterfinals and two tight tussles. And my first taste of wheelchair rugby in the weekend. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, how are you going and what was your take on this week's World Cup action? Going very well, Brad. The, the sun is absolutely shining down all, all week here in Wellington, and they say you can't beat Wellington on a good day. And I might be biased, but I agree. I like the the footy was, yeah. The Kiwis gave me uh, probably shaved a few years of my life watching that. Um, but yeah, it was great to see a couple of good tight tussles. I think the Kiwis Fiji game, and particularly the Samoa Tonga game, probably the games of the tournament so far definitely and uh, while we're here live on wednesday evenings at 8pm your school can also catch our show via our podcast at your convenience just remember to go to iHeartRadio and search for new zealand sport radio as always we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league including our top stories of the week a review of the fourth week of the world cup um, including the men's quarterfinals as we just mentioned we'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as questions we got for each other uh, we'll then end the night previewing round two of the women's tournament, round two of the wheelchair tournament, and the men's semifinals for the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. And see Simon's here. Evening, Simon. Um, we may as well just jump straight into the top stories of the week. Sounds good. Um, first one, it hasn't really been officially announced, but it basically may as well be. But there's been a release of what the first round of the NRL uh, 2023 season will be. Um, I've got it here. Um, it may change, but it seems to be on the money that this is what's going to happen. So on Thursday, we'll have Thursday, the 2nd of March. I'll bring the dates up. Um, we've got Eels versus Storm. Friday, 3rd, uh, we've got the Warriors Knights at Mount Smart. Then Panthers Broncos. Then on Saturday for the triple header, we've got Seagulls, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Raiders, and Sharks, Rabbitohs. And then on Sunday, we have the Dolphins' first ever match playing against the Roosters and the Tigers playing the Titans. With the best news I've ever heard with the Dragons not playing, having a bye in that first round. 
negative to that means they get two points for doing nothing. But um, a week where we don't have to talk about the Dragons is a good week for me. I was going to yeah, say, yes, Paul, we do have a home game to start the season for the Warriors, which is great. I was going to say, did you come up with that draw, Brad? Because we've got a Mount Smart uh, home game and, and no Dragons game. It's a, it seems like a dream. Um, and also, speaking, the Warriors are playing the Knights. The Knights are also rumoured to be the team to miss out on Magic Round this year due to their low fan engagement at the event last season. What's your take on the Knights missing out on um, Magic Round? I know it, a team had to miss out. A, a lot of people were saying it was going to be the Warriors, but the Warriors basically confirmed that when they said that they had announced their, how many home games they are having and the Magic Round. So mm. we knew they were out of the equation. Well, one team had to miss out, um, and it looks like they've chosen a pretty pretty sound um, way to decide who that team would be. And if the Knights had the lowest fan engagement uh, last year, then then they're the ones. Yeah, um, I think it's the fairest way, um, mm-hmm. other than trying to pull a name out of the hat. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, if... If it's the lowest fan engagement, you're not going to get as much money from their fans coming through the door, so you may as well pick the ones that are going to show up. So um, it's interesting because the Knights are renowned for their fan base um, in Newcastle, but, um, yeah, going to Brisbane's probably a different story. So, mm. um, yeah, and, yeah, we'll see what happens when they actually confirm it, and it'll be interesting to see who plays who in the, the Magic Round, but as um... I've got a that's an interesting point, actually, because if the what if the Magic Round was played in Sydney, would would the Knights still have the lowest fan engagement? I don't think they would. Yeah, I, I think it would be. I don't know. So who maybe it would be. it's maybe the fairest way. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting, and um, we'll go into the next segment. We've got a bit of Tigers Town, um, which I love. I know Paul loves, so I piled all their news together. Um, Good news for, for Warriors fans. The Tigers, it hasn't been 100% confirmed, but it sounds like they're going to be sending a home match to Hamilton um, in 2023, um, which is great for us. Um, it's a bit of a drive for you, but it's not that far for me. Um, so that's uh, another another game I can add to the list of things that I'm going to be spending money on, ticky-touring around the country to try to go to all these games. But um Great to see the Tigers be the first team to put their hands up to, to do it. Um, but they've also announced that Will Smith has signed a one-year deal to join them. And there were rumours as well that John Bateman was coming back from the UK and joining the Tigers with a massive um, signing bonus going to Wigan. Wigan and Bateman have both come out and denied these claims. Um Fast forward back to, I think, season one of the show, and Bateman also denied that he was leaving um, the NRL to begin with. But um, we'll just have to wait and see with that. Um, both sides seem to be very firm that he's not leaving. So um, we'll probably have news next week, Richie, saying that he's officially yeah. signed with the Tigers. But yeah, what's your take on all that news from the Tigers? Well, it'd be cool for the Tigers if Bateman was able to... Was, was able to come over because I think he would round up their pack quite nicely and, and their back row would look pretty menacing uh, with Papali yeah. coming over. Um, then you add in uh, Api Corusel coming in to play dummy half. I think it, 
it changes the the look of their team quite significantly, um, which they need obviously when you look at the season's results. Uh, Will Smith's a handy pickup as well. Um, yeah, you know he, he can he can plug a few holes there. Um, not quite as hard hitting as his namesake. Um, nice. Yeah, Paul's pointed it out too. Will Smith, the Hollywood yeah. actor. Yeah, and Simon's also said he's wondering when the All-Star game tickets will be available in hopes um, that we don't miss out. Yeah, I haven't heard when they're going to be announced, but hopefully hopefully I can get them. Um, and yeah, he also said uh, he wonders if Bateman will get homesick for the second time. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. He, he left claiming that he was missing home and missing his, his children. I don't know if he moves over, if there's a situation where his family and kids will come with him. I know he's separated from the mother, um, but I don't know. It's all just speculation right now, and I get this show in enough trouble with my speculation, so we'll wait <laughs> there. Um, next bit of news, I, I've done it again. I, I've lumped it all together. Sea Eagles now, um, my second favourite team. Nathaniel Roach, uh, former Warrior, former Eel, he signed a train and trial deal with the Seagulls in one last attempt to resurrect his injury plague career. Um, really hope it works out for him. I think he's a fantastic player when he's on the field. He's just had the worst luck. Um, he, I, I had a list. I forgot to put it on here, a list of all the injuries he's had. But, um, yeah, what's your take on him going to, to Manly? And do you see him managing to get through and get an actual deal? I think it's great that he's been given a training trial deal if he stays healthy we know he's got the talent to make something of an nrl career so yeah it all hinges it all hinges on that that's that's the the unknown uh with nate because he could go down the same road that people like ben henry have gone down where they just they couldn't kick the injuries and wind up retiring early so hopefully that's yeah. not the case for for nate Definitely have my fingers crossed that he, he makes the most of this one and gets through um, injury-free. Continuing with the Eagles, though, they um, have now confirmed their coaching staff. We've been talking about it for the past few weeks. Um, as per the rumours, um, Anthony Seabolt has signed a three-year deal to be head coach with Shane Flanagan and Jim Dymock uh, joining him as assistants on three-year deals. So what's your take on uh, the, the worst-kept secret of the last month? Well, I'm still not completely sold on Seabold being the right fit for Manly, but having um, Jim Dimmick and particularly Shane Flanagan, it's a pretty handy, um, pretty handy backup for assistant coaching team. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go, but I'm not completely sold on, on Seabold just from recent history of what I've seen of him at the Broncos, but Maybe Manly will be a better fit for him. Who knows? It's the Flanagan ambush you watch. In, in a year's time, we'll be talking about Flanagan now becoming head, head coach. coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, I don't want to be the negative Nancy always running Seabolt down, but I, I just don't have any, any faith. He's got some good talent there, but he had some great talent at Brisbane as well. So um, time will tell if it's a better fit. Um, but... They've, they've made their bed. They've got to lie in it now. Um, next bit of news, though, we had um, Welsh coach Josh Kier has called for an international rugby league window to be introduced and believes annual international games are essential if we're serious about growing the game. That kind of goes with uh, a comment that Andrew 
had made earlier about the World Cup being more competitive. Um, I I think we've been talking about it a lot on this show. I think the only way you can grow the international game is to actually let the international games be played. Mm. Um, I looked, I was looking at the um, stats of Australia and New Zealand. You know, the last time the Kiwis played Australia was 2019. Um, you know, and they're, they're meant to be two of the, the top echelon teams and they're not playing regularly. Um, you need you need like at least a tour every year. Um, we used to do it. Um, I think it's the only way to grow it and getting those those smaller nations, if you could get more games for them, it's only going to grow and develop them, which is the goal in the end of the end of the time. So um, what's your take on that? You think about the international window would be a good call? Uh, yeah, I'd love it. Uh, as we saw at the autumn of the internationals earlier in the year, uh, they were fantastic. And, and then the NRL wanted to put them by the wayside. But I think um, the Welsh coach is on to something there. It would be fantastic to see. Think of a Pacific Four Nations with Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, uh, Kiwis. be amazing. Yeah. Um, play that in Auckland. Uh, sellouts every, every game, surely. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, and Christopher um, Edwards Bailey's just said as well. England's begged for years for State of Origin to be played over three consecutive weeks so they can tour the Pacific or vice versa mm. during the same window. Yeah, I I still don't. I still want Origin to be that weekend game like we saw this year, where we had that weekend game and we got some internationals. It seems like a win-win. The Australians get to watch the the Origin that means nothing anymore. And um, the rest of us can actually watch some competitive games. Um, we're sick of watching Queensland dominate uh, your New South Wales, Richie. So it'd be nice to see. Like, so I suppose the issue you get there is so many of the um, Pacific Island players are playing Play Origin. Origin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether or not you schedule it at different times, but that becomes quite loaded with the league calendar. But you're right. If you if you ran it alongside State of Origin. Uh, that will take away quite a bit from the Pacific Island teams. Yeah, and as I said, the broadcast uh, Channel 9 wants to keep it midweek, not to clash with the other sporting code in Australia on the weekend. I still think you could do something like if you had um, State of Origin and on the same, you know, the same night you had like New Zealand versus Tonga or, you know, Papua New Guinea versus Fiji or, or something um, played at the same time or like even as the you know, the warm-up match before kickoff for Origin, have like a double header. I'm sure there's ways around it. Um, it's just trying to get them to to remember the rest of the nations that are, are carrying the, the NRL around, um, show them a bit of love. But we'll get into something I've been wanting to talk about for a, for a little bit. Um, Rugby World Cup officials, or the Rugby League World Cup officials pre-book flights for the Kiwis to leave England on Sunday in a move labelled disrespectful by the Kiwis captain, Jesse Bromwich. Officials have claimed that they were forced to predict which teams would be eliminated so they could put holds on flights before the start of the World Cup. Uh, if the Kiwis win, it will cost officials 350 Australian dollars per person to change the New Zealand flights. Um, What's your? It bit them. It bit them in the ass last week because they booked Samoa to leave, and obviously Samoa defeated Tonga and are here for another week. So they had to change all their flights again. But um, what's your take? Um, 
Paul, you're you're with us now as the only Englishman on the group. Um, oh, no, what I've got that, I've got, I've got what's solution. up with the Englishmen? Uh, all you do is, if um, if the Kiwis beat the Australians, Australians have to fly by New Zealand, and they have to yep. fly to New Zealand then and get to get a flight from Auckland to Sydney to go home. And same, the the uh, the Kiwis just have to fly by Sydney um, uh, after the World Cup final. I mean, it's not that big a difference. That's that's how you do it. Make make them uh, make make have an extra transfer. Yeah, what's your take on on this um, this news with the officials rolling the Kiwis out before they even make the have a chance to um, go deep? Yeah, it feels a bit that way. It feels like uh, it feels like they've written us off. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what basis they decided to book us flights, given that technically we're the number one ranked team but obviously form wise Australia is probably looking a bit better but I just hope the Kiwis stick it to the Aussies and then cost them some coin yeah it's a I think it's a nice extra bit of motivation um mm. I think and um as yeah Christopher it was the vast majority of the players are based in Australia anyway yeah. um yeah it's not more the location it's more the fact you've booked the ticket so if you have to adjust it to another date you you still have to adjust so it, it's not really the destination that's the issue um it's more the fact that they've done it and as simon said the world cup organization it's not the first screw up they've done um they've had lots of issues with their tickets and everything um it's been very poorly managed at times which uh is a bit hard to comprehend due to the fact that they essentially got an extra year of planning um, involved uh, I don't that obviously added to extra stresses with having to rebook stadiums and the like but um yeah not a good look and yeah I'm like you I, I'm already a heavily biased Kiwis fan but I'd like to see them um stick it to the man here by um costing them a little bit more money by lasting an extra week um next bit is a bit messy um, the NRL clubs, uh, the NRL, the clubs, and the players have still not finalised the collective bargaining agreement, um, and this has seen meant that the 2023 salary cap and uh, final draw have not been sent out to clubs, um, which they're desperately crying for because they want to get prepared for the season, um, as you could imagine. Um, it's real messy and there's been vague threats, which I don't think hold any legs, um, of clubs leaving to create a rival competition, a la Super League from back in the day. Um, the clubs could join forces though and oust, um, Peter Volandis. They only need 14 clubs to agree. Um, there's no deadline for the CBA and it could go long into 2023, but it's just getting really messy. Um, the players want more. Uh, a bigger piece of pie. Um, the clubs want a bit more clarity on, on money-wise, and the NRL want to keep it as it is, as you'd expect. Um, well, what's your take on all this? Do you, do you think going into you know the start of November and not knowing how much money you have to spend on players for next year, um, it doesn't really seem great for your planning? No, that's exactly right. It's It's not great for your planning at all um we shall see mate i don't know what what do you think do you think ousting peter vlandes is an answer there or do you think he's he's the issue or 
Um, I I've got lots of issues with Valandis. I think he he dropped the ball with the the TV deals. You know, he he went quickly. He could have got the club and the and the sport a lot more money if he was a bit smarter. There, he just wanted to get the deal done. You know, he's going to be uh, a bit like the Warriors. He's kind of living off the getting the game through COVID situation um, a bit more than most people would like. It's kind of, that's not an excuse you can use anymore. Um, But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, um, as Simon said, who's most likely to replace um, Peter. I have no idea. Um, I think that might be the thing that keeps him there. It's not like there's someone else waiting in the wings, ready to come in and revolutionize the NRL and get Mm -hmm. everything back up and running. So He'll probably keep the job just for the sake of there's no one else, um, you know, unless Phil Gould decides to um, abandon another club in the middle of rebuilding them and just take that job. Who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting times. It will give us something to talk about for the next few weeks, I'm sure. But uh, that's all the news I really wanted to grab. So we can go into injuries. As I said, please, no, Phil. Um, I don't see that. I'm being facetious. I, I don't. I think he's happy with the Bulldogs. Um, but we'll go into casualty ward. Yep, there's um, not really anything. It's it's everyone seems to be kind of healthy. James Tedesco did come off early um, with a cork, um, but has said that he's fine and will be available to play against New Zealand. And speaking of New Zealand, Murata Nakore, Dylan Matini, Zesniak, and Moses Leota should all be fit to play this week if selected. So um, good to see that there's not a lot of injuries coming into um, the semifinals because you kind of want all hands on deck. Um, and then Naughty Boys, we've got none, Richie. Um, devastated. I thought we were going to have one because Junior Polo, um, the Samoan captain, had been given a one-week ban for raising his forearm when running in the ball. Um, he had the unfortunate error of raising his forearm against David Fafita, who's a protected species. Um and it looked like he was going to get in trouble, but he challenged it and was successful. So he will play this week, which is a massive um, win for Samoa, um, especially we've talked mm. all through the World Cup, the amount of injuries and key players they've lost to lose their captain in the biggest game um, of the tournament for them would have been a massive... Um, would have been big, yeah. Massive loss. So, um, yeah, great to see that he, he fought the... Uh, the soft um, judiciary and and one out there because I thought biggest, there was nothing biggest, in it. Biggest game tournament so far, and they may go into the final. The biggest so far, yeah, they so far, they may, yeah. they may. Um, you didn't. You got any takes on that? You didn't think Joseph Soiliti's knee, uh, you know, and his running style, and he, he lifts his knee. You don't think that was worth another look? I remember Connie Harrell getting banned for that at one point in time. Yeah. He did get a, a caution. I think the difference is Connie Harrell's knees are the size of Joseph Suwali. Um <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest difference there. Suwali, you know, he, he can fall over in the wind. Um, I I don't know, mate. He made some pretty bad storming runs on the weekend. No, he's a bit of a beast. Yeah, he is. Um, it's something he's definitely going to work on, has to work on. Um, he'll survive the World Cup with it, but... It's been highlighted a lot more in the World Cup than it was in the NRL. So, mm. you know, come round one of the, the NRL season next year, um, everyone's going to be watching him. And if he hasn't adjusted, he will see time on the sidelines. Um, yeah. 
I, I can't raise my legs, so I, I can't really speak from experience about it. I, I'm a shuffler, so um, I would be happy if I could raise my knees like he could, but it is what it is. We may as well get into the World Cup now. Um, I've started with the, the women's tournament and the wheelchair. Um, we had uh, New-Zealand defeated France 46-0 in the women's. Australia defeated Cook Island 74-0. England defeated Canada 54-4. Papua New Guinea defeated Brazil 17-0. Um, then New Zealand got to play again, beating Cook Islands 34-4. And then Australia decided to, um, you know, put France on a one-way ticket home and beat them 92-0. Uh, before we go into the wheelchair, did you catch any of the, the women's games? And if so, what did you think of them? Yeah, I, I caught the Kiwis of Black Ferns in France game. Um, I thought I thought the girls looked looked decent for a first hit out. Um, not quite what Australia did the ninety two no. I caught that one as well, but when I was paying attention because uh, it's hard to keep attention when uh, it seems like they're scoring every <laughs> every other minute. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's sort of similar to what the men's tournaments produce sort of a few big blowouts, but um, it looks to be a two three horse race yeah no disrespect disrespect to the other teams but it's essentially um new zealand australia england and papua new guinea um you know the lion's share of those those guys are playing in the nrlw or in the women's super league so they're getting a lot of experience um you got brazil there the same as jamaica on the men's side you know it's great to see them there and they're going to learn a lot but they're going to be on the hiding to nothing um but yeah, it's we know it's all going to come down to one of those four teams taking it all out. Um, I haven't looked at the proper draw to see who has to play who. Um, we've got a very good game coming up this week, which we're talking about in the preview, which is New mm. Zealand versus Australia. Um, yep. So that'll be good to see. And um, yeah, I think it's good for the first first kind of hit out for a lot of these teams. Um, but yeah, it's you can't argue that it's it's good to watch. Um, yeah. So very happy, but we'll go on to the most important tournament of all tournaments, uh, the wheelchair. Um, I, we talked last week. I would really had, I'd never seen one before. I had no idea what you do. I'll go through um, all the scores. There's some impressive scores in here and, and then we'll just discuss it. So we had Spain defeat Ireland 55, 32 England defeat Australia 38 to eight France defeat Wales 154 to six. Um, USA defeated Scotland 62-41. England defeated Spain 104-12. Australia defeated Ireland 76-18. France, after their um, big win against Wales, did it again, defeating Scotland 80-15. And then Wales, um, after that big smashing, came back and defeated USA 50-32. before I go on uh, for an hour talking about this amazing game, what did you think of the wheelchair rugby? Did you get to watch any? I've watched all of the highlights. So I haven't yep. watched the full game, but I've watched all of the game's highlights. Action-packed, mate. I was, t- like I was saying to you before we, we jumped on air, um, yeah, it's fast. And, and I couldn't believe some of the moves they were pulling off. And even seeing some of, some of the guys diving for the corner for tries, in a wheelchair, I blew my mind. I, 
Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks very fun to watch. Um, from what I can gather, I mean, I, I haven't followed it closely prior to this tournament, but France look like a pretty impressive team, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and as Simon said, um, he only watched one wheelchair game, but it's the closest wheelchair version to any code of rugby, and he likes it. Yeah, I'm the same. I kind of always, like I said last week, I kind of, in my head, from watching, like, I think it's wheelchair rugby, they still they use a round ball, and they throw it into the basket, like basketball kind of thing, from what I, oh, they don't, so they go into like an area, it, it's weird, but this, they have a, a, a leg ball, um, they're doing they're doing kicks, you know, um, with the old, as you said uh, before show, the AFL bunt that they do. Um, when they score a try, they're doing conversions, um, using a lot of the tactics that we see in rugby league. And um, we even, I got to watch a few of the games where there was a few intercepts and all sorts. And um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It had me captivated, which even in the blowout games, it was just fascinating to watch. Um, there was, I don't remember what game it was, but there was one where there was a collision and the post fell down. Um, but it, yeah, very exciting. And um, hopefully this gives it a bit more um, recognition for. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The the everyday fan, and we hopefully see other nations get involved. You know, it'd be great to see um, the Kiwis get a team in there. And um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. I thought I'd watch one game and go, "This isn't for me." But yeah, I really loved it, and I'm looking forward to um, watching some more. But we may as well go on to the games we're going to talk at length about, I guess, uh, the quarterfinals. Yeah. So um, first game, Richie, Australia defeated Lebanon 48-4. What were your, your take on uh, a game we kind of saw coming? But Yeah, I was pretty impressed with the Kangaroos and kind of expect that from them. But, I mean, they seem to, uh, to account for Lebanon a lot a lot easier than what we did. Um, yep. I thought, I thought obviously Josh Shadow Carr score dotting down for five tries. I think he had a hat trick 
within the first 20 minutes. Another ridiculous performance yeah. from him. Um, I he think had a hat trick in the 18th minute. Yeah, there you go. Here. I think if you stop the tournament right now, you'd be hard to find a player um, other than him that might, you know, putting their hand up for man of the tournament. He'd, he'd be right up there anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Aussie did it with relative ease. They even rested Tedesco for the second half, I think, because I believe it was a cork in his thigh. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they look like good. Four they, or five other guys that can play fullback. Yeah, so I think they do. They they look good, mate. They look good. They've got me worried for this coming weekend. Yeah, they um yeah they're definitely playing really well. The only thing is um Ivan oh Nathan Cleary had a bit of an off night with the boot. He still he hit six out of nine, which is still something we'd dream of as Kiwis. But um it was weird seeing him. I, I know he, he's kind of come out and said the ball's smaller or something. Um. We'll, we'll see. There's a lot of other guys that are hitting it pretty sweet. So I think he was just having an off night. Um, yeah. But yeah, when you're when you're running in nine tries, um, missing a couple of conversions against a team that's only managed one against you, it's not too bad. Um, it could be a concern for them if they get into a tight tussle potentially. Um, but they do have guys like Latrell and Valentine Holmes that if it's looking like a bad night for Nathan, they can switch it to them. So. I think they'll be fine um, in that mm. category. Um, but, yeah, good good performance. Lebanon, um, you know, they were just – they 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 were trying. Um, they were just not good enough. They made 11 errors, which you just can't do against a team like Australia. And um, I think the bonus for them, though, is that they've qualified automatically for the next World Cup, which is, mm. you know, great yeah, for them. Good. and. Um, hopefully they can actually get some games before the next World Cup. Um, and I, I think they, they are one of those next tier down teams that I think will be competitive going forward. Um, but yeah, great, great World Cup for them. I think they put on some good performances that they'll be yeah. proud of. Unfortunately, they went up against a, a superstar team like Australia and just were never going to get in there. Um, which kind of flows on into the next game, Richie, which was England defeating Papua New Guinea 46 to 6. Um, this was a game I really was hoping Papua New Guinea would come in here and, um, Me too. you know, take England to the limit. But England, um, they've got a, a Josh Adokar in their hands too. Mackinson. Um, with with Mackinson there. He, he scored quite a few. Um, I think he scored four in the end, didn't he? Five. Uh, five. He got five. Oh, as he well. did, yeah. 8-17, yeah, he got five tries. Dominic Young scored another one as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Papua New Guinea, they just didn't really fire a shot. I was expecting more. I was expecting England to win, don't get me wrong, but I was kind of expecting, like, if it was a, if they were going to score 40, that Papua New Guinea would at least get to 20 or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they were just completely dominated. Um I've got here, they missed 42 tackles. Um, they made 12 errors, mm. conceded four penalties. You know, everything was kind of against them. And against these big sides, you can't yeah. you can't make errors like that. Um, but, yeah, England continue to make me humble pie. So, yeah, they, um, they do. They look good, don't they? Yeah. Um, they, they actually led 38-0 at halftime, so... Papua New Guinea definitely gave a better account of themselves in the second half. I don't know how much of that is uh, an extra effort from Papua New Guinea or England 
taking the foot off the throttle and and coasting because 38 nil at halftime i think they pretty much already had the game in the bag at halftime yeah and they were probably already had their eyes on um a tough battle against tonga yeah, in the, in the semi-final. Well, no, at that time, everyone had already written some more off, Richie. Uh, everyone I had was it. thinking it. I had it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, great, great performance from England. They're, they've probably been, um, you know, it's them in Australia have been the standout teams um, on yeah. each side of this, um, which most people would probably have expected, um, except for the idiots like me who wrote England off. <laughs> but um, we'll go into the next game and uh, the most stressful game of the weekend, I think, um, for us. But New Zealand scraped through and defeated Fiji 24-18 in a game you could probably argue they didn't deserve to win. Um, I think Fiji were the better side. Um, I thought, uh, what's his name? Um, Taruva. Taruva was head and shoulders above everyone on that, that paddock. Was, but yeah. New Zealand, to their credit, they didn't panic. Um, they stuck to a process and they got there. I know a lot of people were talking about poor referee decision or a poor um, bunker decision when Kiwis challenged strip. I personally thought it was a strip anyway, so I thought so, it was valid. So but I. <laughs> I, I can, you know, hand on my heart, I am a biased Kiwis fan, so I might have that helping me, but it looked like there was a little bit, I think, I think Joey Manu kind of fudged it as well. But I think there was definitely contact hand on ball in there. But Fiji still had a chance to um, take that game after that and um, made a few untimely errors, unfortunately for them. Um, but yeah, New Zealand, it was hopefully the wake-up call they need. Um, I kind of feel like we've been saying that every week um, with them, but... It's really, um, yeah, Mikey said it was definitely a strip. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't, if it went the other way and it was Fiji and New Zealand had done that, I wouldn't be um, complaining too much. If New Zealand had got knocked out by Fiji in the second World Cup in a row, I might have made it um, a, a kick in a roar. But yeah, it was a, it was the first tight game uh, of the weekend and was really enjoyable if I wasn't a New Zealand fan because I, yeah. as as you know, we were talking throughout the game and um, had kind of already packed our bags, going this is over, and then a few errors and they were back in it. Um, yeah, not convincing by any means, but they lived to fight another day. Yeah, my take on that strip, I thought it was a strip too. I, I saw hand on ball and pulling the arm back. Um, yeah. Again, I'm like you, probably a little bit of bias there, but I, I believe even if it was not a team I was supporting, I would I would think that was a strip. Um, yeah, it started giving me memories of last World Cup against Fiji, although the score is a lot higher. But yeah, Fiji, they were really up for it. Taruva, I think Kevin, Kevin Naguama as well had a massive outing. And I think... Um, Chance Nickel Klostad was probably showing me he's probably lacking a bit of game time, especially at centre. He, he looked to be having trouble with with Naguama. So yeah. I've got I've got a bit of um, I've got some reservations about about that position uh, out in the centres there for the Kiwis heading into this week. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what they do there selection wise. But yeah, credit to us for hanging in there and and finding a way to win because. 
yeah, <laughs> Fiji definitely didn't roll over and hand it to us. We needed to to find an extra gear to take it towards the yeah. end. No, yeah, I, I've come out of this game more praising Fiji than being happy about New Zealand winning. I thought Fiji um, put in a hell of an effort. Um, mm. You know, fire a, a bit more respect for the ball, and I think they would have been uh, facing Australia this week yeah. and sending New Zealand home. But um, thankfully, that isn't the case um, for me. And we'll go into the last game, um, game game of the round, game of the year. I, I don't know what you where you want to sit with it, but um, Samoa, you know, shocking the world and sending um, one of my predicted potential winners of the World Cup home with uh, defeating Tonga 20 to 18. Um, fantastic from Samoa. Um, Tonga, I put it down, they really, I feel like, Tonga kind of went into it like Samoa did against England where they kind of thought they already had the edge and they were just, you know, they missed almost 50 tackles, double-digit errors. They were just going. And I think the key difference, it was, we talked about it on Ruin Hammer's show, I think, as well. Um, the biggest strength for Samoa in comparison to the other Pacific Island nations was their spine. And I think the spine was the difference in this game because Tonga, Tonga's got an amazing backline, one of the best forward packs around, but they don't have a spine um, at all. No disrespect for the players that are there, but they're just not at the level um, needed to really put Tonga at the next level. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I know Paul's upset. Uh, I, I go on every show that's offered to me, Paul. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, you, you had um, more skin in this game on, you know, a, a proud uh, white Tongan. Um, but you're, you know, you're actually, you're, you're a Samoan blood. So um, what was your take on this uh, massive win for your your team? Oh, I thought it was an amazing game, mate. Like right down to the uh, the challenges, pre-game challenges being laid down by both teams. Um, none of this stuff you see in rugby union where they're standing at a 40-meter line each, they were right in each other's faces and you could, feel the intensity and then right after it, the respect as well, there was handshakes between both sides. Um, yeah. But then the rest of the game was just carnage and big, big carries, big contacts, um, some nice tries scored. Um, and I think the try that Tonga scored with 10 minutes to go to put them back in the game. I think the big break from uh, Kaloma Tangi and then to Moses Sawley and, and, and then he he drew and passed for the try. I think it's just a really high quality game, mate. Um, for two Pacific Island teams, it's just fantastic that they're on a in a quarter final, um, competing at such a high level. And it was it was a cliffhanger. Um, I think think you're right. I think the difference there's a big difference in the spines when you're looking at uh, Milford, Luai, Soali'i, um, and you look at the other side, you've got Katoa, who's quite a young up-and-coming rookie, but he hasn't got the, the yards yet. Uh, Tui Lola here, he's been around, but probably performing at not quite at the same level as, say, a Luai um, competition-wise week in, week out. And, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's the difference, really. Yeah. And see, the, the bonus for this is um, being a South Aucklander, I can change my island nations. So I'm officially a Samoan again. Um, so I'll, I'll be going for Samoa. And I think I'm really looking forward to that clash this week of England versus Samoa. Yeah. 
um, as we did in our show title, it's their their chance at revenge. Um, we can really see if that first game was really just uh, overly confident Samoa and not focusing and see what they're made of. If if they get ridden off the park again, we just go, well, it's it's got nothing to do with how um, Samoa is. It's just England's too good. But I, I don't think we're going to see a, a landslide like no, we did in that not. first round. I, well, yeah, I hope not. I really don't want to see any one-sided games in the semi-final. Um, but yeah, it's it's at least it's a great story. Um, their their chance at redemption. Um, and yeah, Simon said his heart Samoa, but his head says England. Yeah, I really want to see Samoa win. Um, I think it would be great not only for um, it to be a Southern Hemisphere final. But um, just for the story of the international game as well. But um, and yeah, he said if Samoa win the semi, does Matt get a contract extension? I still don't like him. I still don't think he's good for Samoa. But if he gets them to a, if he gets them to a final, you know, you can't really sack him, can you? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, any more takes on that, Richie? Before we go to questions or. Were there any Samoan street parades this weekend in, in Auckland? There was. There was one a few minutes drive from my house in in uh, in Mangere. Um No, uh, I was going to say there was no dramas, but there was someone shot. Um, but that, that would be a drama, Brad. <laughs> yes, that wasn't. That was gang related, not rugby league World uh, Cup related. It was just in the same vicinity, and you know, I think they used the crowd as a thing um but naturally as new zealand likes to do they blamed it on the uh, thick-headed league fans being being thugs so um it's always great to see that narrative out there but um apart from that everything seemed peaceful i know there was a lot of people out in the social media saying you know win or lose remember to love each other um in case there was any any issues but nothing nothing of major concern to do with the league supporters, which is great to see. Um, and yeah, a lot more Samoan flags I've seen on cars this week and yeah. my, my driving to and from work. Yeah, same um, it's great to see the, the passion. Um, so were there any questions from anyone we, we left out, Paul? Yep. Andrew JP uh, had one uh, about the group stages. To make group stages more competitive, would you like to see a return to the weighted group stages a and B strongest teams, C and D weakest teams, or have a pre-tournament qualification stage with uh, a 10 or 12 team rugby league World Cup, including two or four qualification teams. I don't mind that change. Uh, the only difference, I still have the negative connotations to it because when they did that last time, New Zealand didn't make it. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard. They're just I just want to see more international games. I think it's the only way you're going to get it better. Making the weighted ones, you get more competitive matches um, during the round robin, but those other teams don't really get to develop because they're only mm. playing other poor teams. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's an easy way to, to fix it. I'm sure it's just, I don't know what it is. I, I wouldn't be against what Andrew suggested there. Um, and I wouldn't be against if they kept it the same way and gave more focus during the years in between World Cups, internationals. Um, I just want to see more internationals play. That That's really it for me. Yeah, agreed. 
There you go. That's uh, that's all the uh, to, to go. and um, Ben goes uh, CHT over Milford. For me personally, yes, I think yeah. they play better without over Milford. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think Chanel is a more complete player, and I think him and uh, Jerome complement each other well. But then Milford and Jerome did well in the weekend, just gone. So, um, but yeah, I would have Chanel. I think he will has to be a must in the seventeen. Yeah, um, I think he's really devout. He's done some good things in this World Cup, and his versatility. Um, is quite integral to that bench. You can you could basically play him anywhere. I would have Chanel as well. You can tell we're biased Warriors fans though, eh, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm exploring that yeah, it's gonna take a couple of World Cups for the lower teams to get more competitive. Uh, and it all comes down to funding as well. Um to get them the right so, so they've got the yeah. right thing properly for these games. And he said it only comes if you play games because that can generate funding at the end of the day. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what I said last week. Um, the only way they're going to improve is if they actually get invested into, um, which is has always been a struggle. And that's mm -hmm. it for live chat, guys. Cool. Um, we'll go with your question to me first, Richie. Okay. So I was going to ask you, after seeing the Kiwis at, at, at times this tournament, pretty much the whole tournament, not really stamp their mark, on a, on a game, I mean, they've had blowout scores, but I don't think they've looked as scary as, say, Australia or England. Where do you think the Kiwis are lacking currently, goal-kicking aside, because we've kind of already talked about that? On the, on the scoreboard, Richie. Um, yeah. They're lagging it. <laughs> um, I think looking into the Fiji game, I, I noticed it a bit more because they were actually playing a competitive team. They had there wasn't the excuse of Jerome Hughes isn't playing like I used when they played Lebanon. Um, I felt like their game plan just isn't right. Um, they were kind of, it reminded me a bit warrior-esque at times where it was all about getting the ball out to the left or out to the right um, as quickly as you can without setting, you know, yeah, we laugh about my love of props, but without getting those, those props doing the work in the middle first and earning the right to, to spread it wide. And uh, they got the talent in the middle to do it. And I think to beat Australia, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to win the middle, but they actually got to use the middle, um, which they haven't been doing. They're kind of, they might do one run. We kind of saw it in patches against Fiji where um, the big boys started rolling and then we saw Brandon Smith actually, you know, run out of dummy half, which he hasn't really done this whole tournament. And when he did that, things started developing. And um, that's really what they have to do. Um that's what they're lacking. It's that using the forwards in the right way. Um, you know, we've seen it, you know, they put Nelson on the, out on the edge, mm. which isn't where he belongs. Um, and yeah, get those big boys up the middle doing the job and it will actually make the match a bit more even. I think if they don't do that, they may as well get on those early flights um, in all honesty. But what about you? Did you have any ideas about what they're lacking? The centres worry me a bit. I I feel like Hiku's nice and dependable, but the other side has kind of chopped and changed a wee bit um, yeah. throughout the tournament. There hasn't been a lot of continuity there. Um, coming up against a, a team like Australia, where you're going to have Val Holmes and and uh, Latrell Mitchell running at you through those channels, that's a bit of a worry. Um, I tend to agree with you about the forwards. I, I still... The selections in the forwards 
might not be exactly what I'd go with. Like you said, um, Big Nelson out on an edge, I feel like he's more of a middle and even maybe a, a impact off the bench middle. Um, I feel like yeah. Br- Bromwich, Bromwich being a, one, our senior player, but I feel like he doesn't provide as much sort of go for an impact as he once did. Um, hot, hot take here. If he wasn't captain, I don't think he would have been picked. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have him in my my team. No disrespect to him, but I just think there's better props out there. I know. I, I agree with you completely, mate. Um, but in saying that, I, that's not going to change, is it? So no, no. Mate, we're there now. We're we're in the semi against Aussie, and it's just going to take one big eighty minute effort. I hate to be cliche, but uh, we turn up at our best. We can send them home. Yeah. Definitely, and anything less than the best is going to um, send them home. It's as simple as that. But, yeah, in regards to your centre part, I think if he hadn't got injured, I think Nakore would have been the centre each week. Yeah. Um, I think that was always going to be the plan. Um, I don't know if I talked about it on Ruin Hammer's show or if I talked about it in the group chat with them and you. Um, but I think the plan was always to use Nakore against Australia to combat Latrell. Yes. Have yeah. a, a bigger-bodied centre then uh, Sebastian, Chris, or uh, Chance, who are a bit, you know, a bit more mobile, but um, probably more defensive liability against the likes of Latrell. We'll see when they announce the team, depending on how Maguire announces it this week, if he does it by numbers, alphabetical, or their date of birth, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, centre, I feel like every team we support seems to have an issue in the centres. Not yeah. a fan. Yeah. Um, but cool with the questions. We may as well get into week five. There's quite a few games. Um, we'll start with the women. It's the there's only four games for them in the round robins left, which is um, two on Thursday, two on Friday. Canada versus Brazil and England versus Papua New Guinea, and then on Friday, France versus Cook Islands and Australia versus New Zealand. And then on Tuesday, before our show next week, we actually have the semi-finals. And due to the fact that they haven't finished yet. We don't know who the semifinals will be, but they'll have um, the winner of Group B versus the runner-up of Group A and the winner of Group A versus the runner-up of Group B. Um, so, yeah, we we don't know who that is going to be until we actually have our show next week when we talk about who won. So um, I'll do, if you guys follow me on social media and that, um, on Friday when we actually know, I'll do a social media post on what the semifinals will be. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that we, we know that there's going to be a few teams we already mentioned, New Zealand, Australia, whatnot. Um, and then the wheelchair, they're in the same boat, four games left, um, Australia versus Spain, England versus Ireland, France versus USA, and Wales versus Scotland. And just like the women, we don't know who the semifinals will be. They will be played on Monday. Um, so winner of Group B versus win, uh, runner-up of A, winner of A versus runner-up of B. So, yeah, we don't know who they are. I will also put a post out about that when I know. Um, And we'll talk about who wins those next week. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, we have the semifinals of the men. Saturday, we have Australia and New Zealand. Sunday, we have England Samoa. So put put your predictions down, Richie. Australia and New Zealand, who have you got? Australia. Australia. Okay. It's nice to see you're a coward. I'm going New Zealand. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, I sent a picture through to Paul. I forgot. So there's our semifinal. I'm going with Kiwis. Um, 
much like every bold decision I've made in this World Cup, I'll most likely get it wrong. Um, but I think, as we already said, if they bring their best, they can be competitive. Um, so I'm hoping for the best. Australia, by all rights, should win this comfortably, I would say, judging just on World Cup performances alone. But, uh, you know, the Kiwis love to do the odd surprise against Australia once in a blue moon, and we had a red moon yesterday, so let's use that as an omen. Um, and then England, Samoa, I'm thinking, like Simon, um, England with my head, but I really want to see Samoa, you know, get revenge and get that win. England England in my head, heart firmly yeah. with Samoa. Um, I'm hoping they... I'm hoping they've taken some lessons out of the first game. They've got better. They've got better each game as the tournament's gone on. So I'm actually feeling more optimistic about Samoa than I am about the Kiwis' chances for some reason. Um, I, I'm hoping New Zealand proved me wrong. But yeah, yeah, seeing them against Fiji um, set off some alarm bells for me. Yeah, um, and I really don't want to support Australia in the final. So if Australia do beat the Kiwis, I really hope Samoa make it through because I'll feel a lot more comfortable supporting Samoa than I would supporting England. Um, but yeah, whoever wins that final, what? if the what? Kiwis don't make it, I... <laughs> but um, yeah, if, if New Zealand don't make it through, I'll be going for whoever wins that game anyway to win the whole thing. Mm. Um but yeah so that's it um we'll obviously next week we'll be previewing or reviewing all the semis and then previewing the finals so we'll definitely know um but anything else you want to add before we sign off richie uh thanks everyone for the league chat again this week thank you brad thanks paul for doing your thing let's go black caps tonight i'm about to yes. go watch that <laughs> so yeah. um so ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us uh on the standoff with brad and richie for your weekly update on rugby league tune into our show next week at 8 p.m here on facebook at your convenience on iHeartRadio. just remember to search for new zealand sport radio cheers for joining us all cheers richie for, uh, for cheers. joining me and thank you paul for all your help in the back and good night everyone 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 